the draft coming up who's going to be next it looks like Lafreniere's a lock at number one we're going to dive into that today the draft gets underway tomorrow I believe it's five o'clock mountain standard time could be wrong on that we're going to break that down Adam Urban Trout we got our mock draft coming up here as well locked on the show today brought to you by mybookie.ag promo code 120z sports when you're signing up Come to you live on 12 Ounce Sports and Go TV channel 761. Adam Rumerchow is going to kick off the show here right away. It's 11, 11.30. Eddie Lack. Yes, you know him. He's hilarious. One of the best personalities in the game. Now he's moved on coaching at ASU. We caught up with him. That's going to come up at 11.30. Then at 11.45, our Wits Nutrition and Performance Question of the Day. This one. Took off a little bit on social media. A lot of good answers. Who's your favorite fictional hockey team of all time? But first, we've got sports back. I mean, pretty much every day now, if you want a sport, 12-ounce sports team, there's an easy way to get in the on the action. 12-ounce sports going to hook you up with a crazy deal when you sign up and make your first deposit on mybookie.ag. When you make that first deposit, they'll match it up to $1,000 when you punch in the promo code 12OZSports. That's 12OZSports, all caps, no spaces, when signing up on mybookie.ag to get your deposit matched up to $1,000. Remember, always gamble responsibly. Now, bring on for Vivero Hockey, Adam Erman Trout, our insider from Saskatchewan. Adam, let's start off with a simple one. The season's over. Obviously, there's a ton getting back, but when do you think we're going to get NHL hockey? I've heard some rumblings, maybe camp starting at you know mid to late November. I don't know. I, I mean, they're still saying that they're aiming for a December start date. I just don't see it happening when you look at how the NFL is now kind of struggling with their model. The MLB clearly wasn't perfect, and they didn't even have fans. I mean, do you see us getting NHL games before January? Uh, no. I think that the January 1st seems to be likely right now. Because um, they, they go there for camp in November. I know it's in the CBA that you have to give them like three days at Christmas. So go to camp, come home for Christmas, go back for a little bit and then get it going. Um, I don't know if the NHL would do this, but it'd be pretty sweet to see like a, a winter classic January 1st type thing open up the season. And if the NFL is having fans outside, I think you probably could too. So that'd probably be the the way I could see it, but who knows. Just full winter classic games, everything outside? Well, I think there'll be a lot of those in the future, just given that, you can have 80,000 people paying for tickets. 
That's fair, and I think that they are going to have to take advantage of him and find some sort of way, obviously. I think it's kind of a known fact now that players aren't in favor of it for regular season games. Like They, they just hate it from a hockey standpoint. Well, that could be a difference maker in your season. But I totally understand it from business perspective of, hey, we got to make some money, and we got to make it quick. I don't know how the NHL is going to do it because I don't see – there being an indoor capacity of 20,000 or, you know, 15,000 come early 2021. I just don't see it happening. Like, are, are they going to be all right if they allow 5,000 people in the games? Are, are, is the NHL going to be fine with that? Like, I mean, you, you got to think that the owners are going to have some issue. And I mean, players probably don't want to take a rolled back salary, but it's an interesting one. Will be an interesting debate for uh, you know days to come. A lot of NHL news. Couple of buyouts. Jack Johnson, Grabner, they're done. They're done. Couple of trades as well. Adam, I mean Dubnik to San Jose's been rumored pretty hard already, and I mean seems like a deal's pretty much done. Just hasn't been announced along with Donato. But I mean, what what do you think from Dubnik's perspective? From San Jose's perspective, is there a chance this works out? Like I feel. Goaltending, although Martin Jones hasn't been great and Aaron Dell isn't a starter, I don't think goaltending San Jose's biggest problem right now. No, and I guess the Donato one got done this morning. It was him for a third, which a lot of the Minnesota people seem to think that Donato didn't really get a fair shake in Minnesota for whatever reason. So he'll go to San Jose, see what he can do there. But no, like their their goaltending hasn't been great. But at the same time, like you're paying your top three defensemen, almost $30 million. And, I mean, all three of them are on the wrong side of, I think, yeah, all on the wrong side of 30 now. And Eric Carlson has half an ankle. Mark Edward Vlasic got a, a legacy contract, you want to call it. It's not, what are you going to do for me? It's, what have you done for me? And you see how well those work out. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the Dubnik thing's weird, because then does that mean a Martin Jones buyout? Does that mean Jones gets flipped the other way? Like, I don't know who's taking him, but San Jose's, obviously they gave up the third pick this year, um, and it just hasn't really worked out for them. They seem like they keep they keep trying to retool, but I don't really agree with that. Here's what San Jose's biggest issue is, if you ask me, and it's that they're not going to blow up the team. They're doing it half-ass, and it never works that way. I'm not going to say the Flames are a good example because obviously San Jose's had a lot more recent success than the Flames. But there comes a point in time when you're San Jose, you go, okay, we screwed up. We gave Carlson way too big of a deal. You know, we've got Brent Burns, which is an awesome piece, but end of the day, that's not going to be winning us too many hockey games. We have to blow this thing up completely. We have to go young. We have to go fresh. And we have to give our team a new identity because right now, they're going to stick in limbo land while Anaheim and LA are going to be retooling their teams. And they're going to be in the same spot for the next 5, 10 years because they're going to keep hanging on to these defenders with one ankle, these guys who haven't done anything in the past three years, and you know, kind of trading for goaltenders who have struggled of recent as well. So it doesn't make sense when you're not building for the future, in my opinion. Yeah, that's pretty much the team they're trading for up until now where it seems like Minnesota was just trying to get into the playoffs and then they pretty much knew they were going to lose out and they did that but now Bill Guerin seems like he wants to be the you're either all in or you're you're tanking 
um, which is smart. And Arizona tried to do the San Jose and retool, and clearly that blew up in their face. So Wow, they made I, some stupid choices. Out. Like, what on earth were they thinking? And I totally get it that the NHL screw, or got screwed with the whole COVID thing. But, I mean, spending that money on Taylor Hall on a short-term deal, when you know that your team can't even flip signing bonuses for rookies... Like, that's a joke. You owe money at the rink. Why are you bringing on a forward who's going to cost you millions and millions when you have a mediocre team to begin with? Like, no one was picking the Coyotes as Stanley Cup contenders even before COVID. I mean, they were just a fine team. No one actually had them as serious contenders. And now they waste away draft picks on getting Hall. I mean, they let Chica waste away draft picks on whatever testing these uh, NHL prospects was. Like, that's, uh, they're just such a mess. Yeah, they are, and I mean, now they don't have a, a first-round pick or second-round pick this year or next year, and they're, there's some more tough times ahead, I guess. Yeah, they are in trouble. Um, Olimata to the Kings. He's got two Stanley Cups, eh? Yeah. That's crazy. I, I mean, I probably should have known, but I don't think I actually knew about that till this morning. I mean, for the Kings, I get it. That's expensive. I think he's going to cost them around $4 million once uh, you know the routine salary is all added in and stuff. But, you know, $4 million for a guy who's struggled, who might be able to turn it around. I mean, money's being spent in worse places. If you're the Kings, you're kind of... You need to spend money on your back end, especially if you're trying to build a goaltender like Cal Peterson, who, I mean, it seems like they're thinking he's their goalie of the future. So might as well build from that back end out. Yeah, and I don't really know. It doesn't really seem like they have a lot going there, and I don't know if they're trying to retool or rebuild with with what they have, but I guess it's another guy, and maybe he finds some chemistry with Doughty. Who knows? Exactly, and I think that... He, although I don't think he's a superior offensive or defensive defenseman, I think he's definitely a competent NHLer. And with some young guys coming up, well, now you got a guy with a couple more rings on his fingers. I mean, that's that, that always helps for young guys. There's no doubt about it. When you know they've actually got some solid prospects, and I think that you know having a guy like Byfield under Kopitar this year, assuming that's who they go with, is only going to help them. I mean, they, they've got a strong core. They had a dynasty. They had a, some great teams. There's no denying that. But their times have passed. I mean, once they get a move on from Jonathan Quick, I still think Drew Doughty's a competent defenseman and all. But, you know, his best days are obviously behind him. Yeah, I agree. Um, you say you say Byfield for the Kings at two, hey? Easy. They have to. They have to. If you've got, uh, you know, one of the best NHL, who, like, when you look at Anze Kopitar's career, Adam, I'm not going to say Hall of Famer, but he's got to be on that fence. Like, he has been one of the most consistent centermen. He's put up points. He's unbelievable defensively. He's won cups. <laughs> it's not like he's done it all, but he's done a lot for being a Slovenian centerman. Like, I think. I think he's a Hall of Famer, and the, the only thing you look at his career, it's like one year I'll have 100 points, and then next year like 70, and then 100, they'll win a cup, and then 70. And Yeah, he's a great player. Um, I I think I like Stutzel or Stutzla there or whatever. 
I, I, I do like Stutzla too, but I feel like I, 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 you know, I've got this down. We'll get into it in the mock draft. I think that Stutzla is, you know, could be the best scorer in the entire draft. But as the Chicago Blackhawks kind of proved, you know, taking a big centerman, I think what Spyfield six four as well. You know, you get give him the chance to learn under a guy like Kopitar. That's going to be hard to pass up. Um, you know, there, there's so many free agents. We'll get into that, you know, probably on Friday. That's free agent frenzy there. Yes, we're going to be live. The Flames jerseys. You know, everyone kind of knew they were going retro. It's fully announced. I, Adam, Adam am I being a pessimist when I say that this is lame? Because yes. they're, they're, they're kind of like, <laughs> I, I like the jerseys. But they've been wearing them for the past, like, three seasons, I swear. It's like, you know, they're wearing them once a month anyways. They're they're pretty much in their locker room all the time. I don't know, like, oh, congrats on making the switch. You've already been wearing them all the time. There's nothing special. There's nothing exciting about it. Something exciting would have been going back to those beautiful black jerseys with the horse that breathes fire out of his nose. Or the 04 cup run jerseys with the, you know, the red. They've got the black trim. They've got the black. Black Sea that's on fire. That's something special. That's unique. These are just classic jerseys that they've already been rocking. They've probably worn them 50 times over the past four years. Three years. Yeah, and I think maybe that's why it was like the worst kept secret in hockey because it was so obvious that they're going back to them just like given they wore them exclusively in the playoffs two years ago and then they came out with like the new white retro jersey for the winter classic this or heritage classic this year so i don't know but i think it's like a top five jersey in the league and i'd much rather be like the flames where you go back to your retro jerseys instead of having jerseys that look like tide pods a little north of calgary there yeah those are disgusting up the qe tune i think we've uh, all said that uh, for a while now orange is a tough color to pull off and i mean <laughs> The, the Anaheim Ducks proved that as well. Those were disgusting. Adam, what's your favorite Flames jersey of all time while we're on this topic? Well, probably, like, these ones are, honestly, I, I like those blasty horse, those black ones, too. Yeah. But oh. if, they, if they brought those back as a third, which is what people have been calling for, that'd be unreal. That's exactly it. Like, that's an announcement I'm here for. I, I like the retro jerseys. Don't get me wrong. I think that the Flames are still going to look sharp in them. I just think it was way overhyped, this announcement. Like, they, they've already been rocking them for long enough. Let's 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 move on. If you want a major announcement, let's announce a big trade. Let's, let's do something with the actual team. Let's stop playing around with looks because... I don't know. I there's there's so much more that needs to be done to this Flames team before they're, they're an actual contender, and it's kind of they just seem like they're fine with being stagnant. They're fine with bringing in six, seventh defensemen. That's that that's kind of the point where I think that Edmonton and Ken Holland might have. This is like the worst thing to say in 2020, but I feel like Ken Holland has more balls than Brad Tree Living. Like, I, I feel like he is willing to risk more to see Edmonton succeed than from, you know, south of the QE2. I feel like they're just fine, you know, having a couple of guys who are going to put up 80-plus points a season. They're fine with making the playoffs. If they went around, great. If not, well, whatever. At least we were there. Yeah, but Ken Holland also has, like, two of the five best players in the league to play with, too, which makes his decisions easier. That's a fair point as well. Uh, do you got anything else to get to before we get to the mock draft? No, let's draft me and my boy Cord. I mean, 
need some uh, draft odds here. So let's see what we got. Draft odds? I don't know if I've seen any. Well, we, we bet on it last year. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I mean, Lafreniere's probably like minus 1,000, probably minus 5,000 to go number one. I can't even imagine their take odds. Like, it would be the stupidest thing ever. Yeah, it's like 1.001, but there's other stuff where it's like five sweets to go in the first round is like four to one odds and stuff like that. And hopefully there's some more stuff that comes out closer to it. See, the Swedes are interesting in this draft because, I mean... There's some very good prospects. I haven't seen enough of them to make a judgment, but it seems like with so many people on the fence, that's usually when these guys start dropping. And, you know, maybe one team's super high on them and the next doesn't even have them in their radar. I seen a a mock draft. I totally forget who it was. Oh, my goodness. I was going to write this down. This is going to frustrate me. Someone had Stutzley going at, like, eight or nine. That was Scott Wheeler. He's a – yeah, he's blocked us before. Yeah, I know he unblocked this too. That's funny. My, yeah, I think it was Wheeler as well. Like, what an idiot. Like, imagine if Stutz, like, his world junior performance was unbelievable. Like, if he was on Canada, we would be having this conversation about him going number one. 100%. Yeah. And I'm on record as saying that he could have the most upside in the draft because he's dominating the Dell right now where Lafreniere is dominating the, the Q. The worst um, major junior league. Yeah, the the third junior league in Canada. So, I don't know. I I just think it's going to be more interesting than what people are saying just because Lafreniere is the Canadian kid who had the big big world of juniors. But other than that, I mean, you look at the player and the prototype, I think that there's an argument to be made for Stutzler or or even Byfield at not at number one because that's not going to happen. But you look five years from now and it's not going to be as far as people think, I think. Okay, so we're both on board. Lafreniere is going number one to the regs, correct? Okay, okay, that's an easy one. For the Kings at number two, I've got Byfield there. I think that that is a pretty simple pick for them. As I already said, you got Kopitar up the middle. Like, what a what's a better centerman? I like I can't think of anyone other than maybe Patrice, maybe Ryan O'Reilly, than Anze Kopitar. But still, I'm taking Kopitar any day of the week here. You know, you get a six foot four centerman, and I compare him. He's similar to Kirby Doc. You know, Doc made an immediate impact. Doc might have been Chicago's best player in the playoffs last year as an 18-year-old. His transition seems seamless. I think Byfield can have a very similar transition in the NHL. And I think that's why he's a lock at number two. Yeah, that's right. I think, like, him or Stutzla, like, obviously the draft, it'll go Lafreniere, Byfield, Stutzla. And then, so, obviously... Tim Stutzlow's going to Ottawa. Could you imagine, like, that, like, not decision, but you're either going to L.A. or Ottawa? Oh, man. Like, that just makes you sick at night. Yeah. So, there's that. And then four is where the draft really starts, like, here, here's Adam, Adam, I got one. I got one more scenario before we just glance over Stutzla. Who, I mean, he could be the best scorer in the draft. Let's not kid ourselves here. Lafreniere's good. But Stutzla has so much upside. It's stupid. It is. It's stupid. The amount of offensive hockey IQ this guy has. Not that Lafreniere doesn't have it. I think Lafreniere's maybe got a little bit more power and stuff, which I feel like Lafreniere could be a better playoff player, if that makes sense, where Stutzla could be, you know, a 100-point guy in the regular season. But with how Detroit's been 
Like, I mean, that Moritz Sider on the back end, he's going to be the future of that team. Can Stevie Y make a deal to trade up? Or can he make a deal where the Sens maybe take Drysdale or that Anton Lindell maybe, and they leave Stutzla for number four or the Wings move up to number three? Like, I could see that happening. If it doesn't cost him a crazy amount or if Ottawa's maybe on the fence, man, Detroit could really use like a, that connection who would be their one, two, you know, that's that's a power play one forward and defenseman come three, four years from now, maybe five, but probably three. Yeah, you could see it with, I guess, both Germans on there, but I, is it really worth it to move up one spot if you're going to get a guy like Cole Perfetti who, by all accounts, everybody's saying he's one of the smartest guys in the draft or, like, you could take Drysdale if you're them, although you took a right shot D last year. Or you could take the Swede, Lucas Raymond, or you could go a little off the board and take Askarov, yeah. which no. I, I tweeted this I tweeted this Shut out up. and I know it's a, a big it's a big pick to use on a goalie, but like the last time a goalie went that high it was Carey Price and before that it was Flurry, so it's like those guys who those goalies who get drafted in the top five, like clearly they're different and if this Askarov is all that which everybody has said he he is then you have to take him if you're Detroit or Ottawa and like you're still three or four years away so you could you have time with them here's the thing and I mean I guess we'll start the goalie talk early but for Askarov two weeks ago people were saying that he's probably going to be around 15 now all of a sudden people are talking about him as like a top five top seven pick I don't see it like he's playing on Ska, obviously, anytime he's in... Like, any goalie in the history of Ska has had good numbers. And if you play in St. Petersburg in the KHL, you're going to have good numbers. Like, that's just how it is. The refs are on your side. The league's on your side. You've got the best players. you got the biggest budget. Yada, yada, yada. Like, it's impossible to have bad numbers as a goalie there. And he's not even a consistent starter there. They're kind of playing against some of the weaker teams. I get it. He's young. There's a lot of potential. He moves great. But like, people forget Spencer Knight went number 13, I believe, last year. You know, how, uh, how I don't get how that how people can be saying like, oh, Askarov, best goaltending prospect, and all of a sudden Spencer Knight's just off the board. Like Spencer Knight is, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. If I'm, if I'm taking one or the other, I'm taking Spencer Knight over Askarov any day of the week, twice on Sunday. I don't know. It's it's hard to hard to say really, but let's say to go back to the mock, I guess let's say Detroit takes Perfetti at four. Who would you take at five if you're Ottawa? No, at number four. At number four, if I'm Detroit, I'm taking Drysdale. You got a chance to bring a right-handed defenseman in who can put up points, who can you know just another guy who can provide that offense. Look at a team like Tampa Bay this year. I mean. Their strengths were their defense were relentless. They didn't have just one good pairing. They had multiple pairings of solid defensemen. And I think that Drysdale has the potential to, you know, be be one of the best in their division. I mean, here here's my thoughts on Drysdale, and everyone's critiquing him off of his world juniors from last year. Well, let's calm down. He was still an underager at that tournament. Let's watch him this year. And I think that this year he could be one of the best defensemen in the entire tournament. He skates good. He moves the puck incredible. He might move the puck better than Sider, honestly. He's always been a point-per-game defenseman. I get it. The OHL's high-scoring, yada, yada, yada. I think if you're going to be passing on a right-shot defenseman there, 
That's tough. You've got a pick that's that high. You, you have to build your team from the, the D out, and Steve Eisman knows that. Yeah, I said that they're going to take Perfetti just because up front they're getting maybe a little thin. Like they drafted Zadina a couple years ago, and he's not <laughs> really panned out to what they they'd hoped so far. So I say they go Perfetti, and then at five I have Ottawa taking Jake Sanderson. Uh, there seems to be a lot of smoke around Sanderson and Ottawa, so that's what I went there. And then six, I'll go Lucas Raymond to Anaheim, and seven, Drysdale to the Devils. I really thought we were only doing a top five here, but um, I got a curveball at five. I think Ottawa's going to stick within uh, you know kind of their system here, and I think they could use a center like Marco Rossi as well. Like I feel like Stutzla's best off to play on the wing. I know he can play center, and he has played center. But a guy like Marco Rossi, he's got that speed, he's got that skill. I I don't know, I just have a gut feeling that Ottawa is going to be like, well, he played on the 67s, we might as well draft him. You know, we've got that connection, might sell a few more tickets. There, there, there just seems seems like something that works out. And I mean, you, you know as well as anyone, you can never have too many good centermen. You know, if you have a plethora of centers in the NHL, you're going to have a good team because you can build around that. You can add wingers in certain spots. I just, I, you know, I, I like the Sanderson kid as well. The more I've watched on him, the more I've looked into him. But I don't know. If you're Ottawa, I definitely think you have to take a serious look at Marco Rossi. Who's your hidden gems in the draft? I got two, but I want to know, like, who who are guys, maybe, I don't know if you've seen them in the dub or not, but, like, who are who are a couple of guys who you think might be getting overlooked because they're not going in the top ten? Uh, there's there's a one, one Russian guy, and obviously it's, like, a Russian board, but Rodian Amarov, I've seen him going anywhere from, from 10 till 30. Um, it's a big stretch. I think that he's... He's a really skilled, skilled winger. It said he, he models his game after Kucherov, and if you could get a guy like that to play and like develop, I think he'd be good. Or another guy who I think that there's a lot of red flags on just because of injury is uh, Hendricks Lapierre, Lapierre, um, out of the queue. Uh, once again, everybody's saying top ten talent, but he's been hurt, and he had like two goals in twenty games or at one point, but. They're saying he could be one of the smartest players in the draft, too. So Amarov and Lapierre are, are two of the guys. I, I've heard a lot about that Lapierre, too. Especially, you know, he could be falling to a spot where, you know, the Oilers might be picking. So there's obviously a lot of talk about him up here. But I, I don't know if it's worth the risk to, you know, grab someone who's already having injury trouble before they get to the toughest league in the world. I feel like that is a bit of a stretch. I think hidden gems and... Someone who could be a very reliable defenseman in the NHL one day, Caden Gooley. I feel like he's got a lot of it size, decent skater, you know, solid offensive outing, you know, can play well defensively. I think that he's probably four or five years away from being an NHL defenseman, but I think that once he gets in, he could be a guy to eat up 20-plus minutes a night, which never hurts. And also, the other German, that John Jason Paterka. This was Stutzla's right-hand man. I mean, he was the guy making a lot of those passes to Stutzla and finishing off a lot of those plays as well. So I think that if you sleep on him, I, I think you could be missing out on another offensive talent who might be overlooked because of playing with a guy like Stutzla. 
Yeah, that's a good one. Him and Lucas Reichel all seem to be yeah. like there's like a, a swing in them, but this draft I think is really CHL dominant. Like there's there's going to be 20 plus kids drafted from the CHL, and I think maybe two, maybe three Americans. Where last year you saw how many Americans go in the top top 15 and basically their whole under 18 team, but a lot of Canadians in this year's draft. I got one more for you, and I know World Juniors is probably a tough look, and it's what everyone's going to go back to with Nico Dawes, but as a goaltender who is 6'5", I want to say he's massive, or maybe 6'4". You know, he's a tall goaltender, young goaltender. Would you be willing to use a second-round pick on him with his potential? I mean, he had unreal numbers last year in Guelph. It, it seems like he's got some potential. He's going to be playing World Juniors again this year, you got to imagine. It seems like a goaltender who might be getting overshadowed due to Askarov, but I feel like he's not a bad option. Yeah, I think that he should be the second goalie taken in the draft. Like, I don't know where where that goes, but probably a second-round pick if you're looking at the size and the numbers for sure. I think second. If you get him in the third, you could be getting a steal right there. I like that. Um, one thing we didn't mention, and I know we've got to get out of here quick, but NHL ratings. I am not, I, you know, the, the last Xbox I had was a big black square one. I don't, you know, I'm not a video game guy by any means. But I've seen the NHL rankings, and I can put two and two together. They're pretty off. Like, has this game been released, or is it not out yet? I don't, I don't know. And, like, what's, what's the issue? Like, who's picking these numbers? Is it the players? Is it, like, just EA Sports that kind of, like, well, we think that these guys were good, or they've got the most Stanley Cup rings. Uh, no, the game comes out, I think, on October sixteenth. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It seems like the the ratings they're using are from like two thousand seventeen, where Eric Carlson and Drew Doughty are like nineties, and Seth Jones or McCarr, Quinn Hughes aren't even getting a sniff of the top top ten, and then. The goalies like Freddie Anderson was very average this year, and he's getting like top six. And yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. And then like even like this is like me just being anal about things. But McDavid speeds in ninety seven. He's the fastest player in the world. Like, should that be a ninety nine? Well, what happens if some player comes up in the next year or two and he's faster? Then how does that work? I, I mean, it makes sense. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, Have they released the forward ratings? Like, I, I don't get it. Like, Braden Holtby's an 88. Robin Leonard's an 87. Rask is a 90. The goaltending ones don't make sense to me. And, I mean, as he said with defensemen, like, um, Miro Haskinen, ever hear of him? You know, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, Hedman at 91. Was Hedman not miles, if not miles and miles? Better than John Carlson, Drew Doughty, Alex Petr- or Peter Angelo this season. Like, to be three or two rankings better than Eric Carlson, that's that's a, that's offensive. Yeah, you can make that argument after his playoffs. He should be like a 93, but oh well, they, they have their system, I guess. What's your favorite NHL video game of all time? I don't know. Uh, I like, like, the... NHL 08 because I was like I think the first year that they introduced the skill stick no they had the skill stick way back in the day like 04 05 I swear well they had like it but GameCube. not like 
the true one where oh, like okay. still, like X to shoot or something like that. Did you ever play NHL hits? I think it was like O three. I did not. Oh, okay. Uh, that's uh maybe maybe you were a little young on that one. But no, that's a sick game, by the way. Alrighty, we gotta get out of here. Adam, thanks again. Uh yeah, we're gonna talk Friday. Bring those free agency predictions because there's going to be a lot of guys on the move. All right, peace out. It's Adam Urban Trout right there. Bring in the Heat NHL mock draft. Yeah, we had some different opinions on there. Not surprised. I'm sure a lot more. I, I don't know. Like, Could you see Detroit moving that pick? I could see it. I could see them going hard. After Stutza, I think he's that good of a player. Alrighty, after the break, any lack, it's Cody Jansen with your World Hockey Board coming to you live. 12 Ounce Sports Zingo TV, channel 761. Alrighty, it's World Hockey Board Live. Cody Jansen with you here on 12 Ounce Sports. So we're goalie, guys. This was a must-have. Former Vancouver Canuck, Carolina Hurricane, Calgary Flame, and New Jersey Devil. It's Swedish beauty, Eddie Lack. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So let's jump right into it. I mean, obviously, you had an interesting path to the NHL, Eddie. You weren't drafted. What was it like, though? Like, how were you missed? I mean, you're a 6'4 Swede, and you're playing against men as a teenager. Like, like was there, did you have any talks with NHL teams? Was the draft just not even, you know, in the foresight or what? Yeah, so uh, I knew that there was a few teams that, that was kind of looking at me when it was time to get drafted, and I was on like the, uh, the goalie uh, ranking for the European goalies, right? But but I I didn't really think too much about it, like to get drafted or not to get drafted. It was just fun to like have some interest, you know. Uh, but I wasn't really counting on it. Fair enough. What was your first NHL game like? Do you like what? Like walk me through. Like how, how did you feel preparing for it? Where was it? How did it end up? Just like excited, nervous. I uh, the first game was in Camp Calgary, uh, and I remember back back then we had like the heart rate monitors on during the game, and it was just like I. <laughs> Uh, remember the strength coach came up to me right after the game and he's like, dude, during the national anthem, your heart rate was like 180, right? And I'm like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> that, that's crazy. But yeah, I mean, just like su- super excited to play and, and, and uh, we got away with the win, I think 4-3 in overtime. Okay, that's all right then. How are you in Calgary? And then you end up going back there uh, to the Saddle Dome later on. Um, so, I mean, you've always been a gear guy. You've always had fancy gear. Did, like, when did this start? When did you decide, like, hey, if I get if I have to wear these pads and I got to lug around all this equipment, I want to look sharp on the ice. Like, when did that start? Because you had some unreal sets. So I just started when I went uh, from Sweden because in Sweden. You have to wear wear the uh, brand of gear that the team is wearing. So you don't really have that much of a choice. And uh, when I came over here, I, I I just told myself before that I was gonna try everything on and whatever I felt more more comfortable with. That's like the gear that I was gonna wear, and it 
ended up be, being being Bryant, and 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 uh, then when I found out that they have like these uh, uh, sick patterns and everything, and like the style that you can do, and, like like I could pretty much do whatever I wanted with them, which was really really really, really cool. And uh, before the math was kind of like the way for goalies to express themselves a little bit, but now it's more like creeping into like pads and gear uh, in general. Now I know that this is I I already know the answer because you shut us down on Twitter when we said that your Flames pads were the best pads that you ever had. I don't even might have said they were the best pads in the history of the NHL. Like I still think that those are unbelievable. But what was your favorite set? So I really like the uh, the Vancouver V that that I had. So I I did those for the Heritage Classic, and then I kind of did a. A version of them for the playoffs that year when we played against the Flames. So those were really cool. Uh, I really liked my Chicago Wolves pad that I had with the Wolf pad like right in the middle. That was like super cool too. Yeah, those were sharp for sure. Now you said you, your first game was in Calgary as well, and I got to ask because you know you played against some playoffs as well. What's it like playing in the Saddledome? I mean, for, from my perspective, I always think that Calgary has to be one of the coolest playoff atmospheres when they're buzzing. But, like, what's it like? I mean, as an opposing goalie or even when you played there, like, is it is it as special as people make it out to be? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a super special. We as a team didn't have our best game there, but, 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 I mean, just, like, the atmosphere and, like, just like driving out to the arena for the game, and it's like three hours before, and it's already packed outside. Everyone is there drink, drinking, preparing, having fun, right? Like, that's just something that you see on it as a player. As a goalie in the NHL, what's the most intimidating rink? Like, what's the rink where as a goaltender, like, A, you know the fans are going to be on you, but B, like, maybe the boards suck or the lighting isn't as good. Like, as, as a goalie, what's the most intimidating rink? I would say, uh, for me personally, I just hated playing in Buffalo, and I had terrible numbers against Buffalo. Like, uh, the rink to me felt more, more like dark, and it was just, like the rink and everything and uh, yeah Buffalo was like the place that I least liked to play uh, and then uh, I would say like uh, the most intimidating just like fan wise would probably be like uh, Chicago or like Boston but like personally uh, I kind of thrive off of that and I just like liked it more when the fans got into it so you wouldn't have liked to play in Florida, is what you're saying? <laughs> no, no, just just, just... <laughs> just a little bit. Okay, I gotta ask because I know, like, I've got to play with a few Swedes. I got to play over in Europe myself, and I know how big Europeans love the World Championships. Like that is 
it, it's not even comparable to what North Americans think of it. Like, and and for you, it was pretty cool. 2017, you know, I believe you were in Carolina that year as well. And then you get the call to play for Sweden in the World Championships. Now, obviously, that means you're not going to the Stanley Cup final if you're playing in it. But like, what what was that like? I know I, I think you had a couple of starts, I, I believe, in it. But you know, how cool was that for you? I know you played like U18s and U20s for Sweden, but now you're playing with the men's team, and there's obviously some incredible names on that roster. Yeah, yeah, and like just uh, for, first of all, just like growing up watching those. World Championship and everything on like the TV and you see your idols play and you're kind of dreaming to be there yourself one day and and, and uh, yeah just to be able to to like yeah, play and put on the jersey and like play with guys that you grew up with and 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 that uh, are playing on different teams throughout the NHL and everything and like then go on and win it like yeah that was so and now you're you're into coaching. I know you're helping out at ASU doing some goalie coaching there. Was that always something you kind of saw yourself getting into, you know, being a friendlier guy? You know, obviously I feel like you're you can be considered a people person. Like did you always know that coaching was something that you wanted to pursue after hockey? I didn't think that that it was going to happen this way. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but but I I school is it though eddie like i mean come on if you're a college hockey player you're, you're like there's there's got to be there's no better place to live and play college hockey than tempe why wouldn't you go here i mean you have like the school you have the weather uh, we have the team now we're top 10 10, 10 team so uh, the only thing that that we we've we've been missing it's the rink, right? And like now we're about a year and a half away from being finished with that. So once that's ready, like, yeah, this will be uh, one of the top ones in the country for like a very long time, I think. Eddie, you're the man. I appreciate you hopping on. Anything you want to plug? I mean, what you're up to now? I know you're into the, the real estate and stuff. Anything else you got going on or anything you need to plug? Yeah, I mean... If anyone is looking to buy or sell, I'm here. I'm always working. I'm always uh, uh, looking to connect with different people. So, yeah, just uh, shoot me an email or follow me on Instagram or Facebook. Or yeah. Awesome, Eddie. Hey, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. Perfect. Thank you so much. Take care. <laughs> Have a good day. Take care, buddy. World Hockey Report Live, Cody Jansen with you here. It is October 5th. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. I'm on Twitter at Janner31 as well. Huge thanks, Adam Ermatron, Eddie Lack, so far. Getting this show rocking and rolling, and we're going to finish it off here. we got about well, eight, nine minutes left. But, of course, you want to keep your drinks cold this summer, or I guess summer's over, warm this 
cool this fall, warm this winter. You gotta go check out 2D Wrap. Come on, ultimate drink insulator. Fits any beverage, hot or cold, made right here in Canada. 2D Wrap's made with military-grade neoprene for the highest quality product possible. Strong and durable. 2D Wrap keeps your drink hot or cold for hours on end. Check them out today, 2DWrap.com. That's T-U-D-I-Wrap.com for the best drink accessory in the game. Simple as that. And I asked you guys, it's our What's Nutrition Performance question of the day. We got a ton of responses. And it was kind of interesting. I, li- I liked when people were throwing out some books. I thought that was funny. I thought that was interesting because you don't really think of that when you're like, oh, greatest fictional hockey team. Someone said Brady Brady. Someone said the Screech Owls. I haven't heard that stuff since I was a kid. So I thought that was hilarious. We're going to get to all of your answers here. What's nutrition and performance question of the day? Best workout plans, best meal plans, everything. Curtis and his team, they're going to hook you up. So I got a few that I wanted to talk about. But first, we're going to get to your answers here. As on Twitter, Quacktabush says, the Ducks. I'm assuming it's Mighty Ducks. Megan, she's all over the Halifax Highlanders. I don't know. I'm still not a massive goon fan. I hate to admit it, not a massive goon fan. Rudy Friesen goes the Letterkenny Shamrocks. Funny, I don't know, were they good? Did they ever win anything, or was it just like a couple of scenes in Letterkenny? Uh, Slewfoot Dave, our boy, goes Charlestown Chiefs debate over. He's ended it. Slapped shot. Mike Bouvier. I think it's Bouvier. Ila Cross selects. I don't know. Ila Lacroix. I think that's in Saskatchewan. I think so. I should be. I should know this stuff. Uh, Jack in the Box from Tarps Off Hockey. He's all over Youngblood, the Mustangs. Jeff as well. Charlestown Chiefs, of course. Rob's on that, you know, but he's also saying the Mighty Ducks had terrible coaching and were a one-trick pony with the flying V. Ranting Ron going with Mystery Alaska. I love it. I haven't seen that movie in so long. Greg at the Sports Stance says Iceland. This is an interesting one. Mighty Ducks D2, Iceland, because you know the goalie knuckle puck play was illegal. Was it? I think him chucking off his helmet's probably illegal. Is the knuckle puck itself illegal? I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. Jeff Goosty goes, no-brainer. It's Mystery Alaska. I love those jerseys, by the way. The nice uh, brown with a maroon M on them. Chris Dinsmore goes, Charlestown Chief Snoopy Steve. Sticking with Mystery Alaska as well. (laughs) Av... Goes with Toronto Maple Leafs. Are they fictional or are they just pretenders? Either or, you make that call. Wolf Hockey likes Arizona. Uh, Dean Youngblood's Hamilton Mustangs. That coming from Eagle. James Brinkman. Just sent a link, but I think he's all over Slapshot as well. That's what I'm getting from the Hanson brothers right there. Um, hey, Day Day. Says the Mighty Ducks, but he sends the cartoon Mighty Ducks. That's interesting. That was a short time thing. That didn't last long. Were they good? Were they dominant? I don't remember. I don't think I watched enough of it. It was kind of weird. They kind of mixed cartoon and movie. Such a Disney thing. Eddie Shack. Or Black Rob. I guess Eddie Shack is just his Twitter name. Uh, he's going with Charlestown Chiefs, as is Rand V. So many votes here. Appreciate it. Hit us up on Twitter. Let's keep the conversation going at World Hockey RPT. Maxime Roy says, slap shot. It's got to be the Chiefs. Uh, Five-minute major. This is Trav. He sent something. I feel like it's Star Trek or Star Wars, and it's a picture or a gif of two guys in goalie helmets that says, given to the dark side or the for- of the force, you knob. I think that's one of those like Star Trekky things. 
Uh, you get a couple of Oilers Flames jokes in there. Johnstown Jets of the Null, Louis Serral. I think he means Charlestown Chiefs there. Uh, Captain Detroit agrees. Uh, Diesel, that team from Miracle. Kidding. Ah, are they fictional? <laughs> they made a good movie about it. Maybe they sold some things on it. Who knows? Slim Scooter says Tokyo Katanas. I don't even know what that is. Um, the Minnesota Wave. Minahana Wave. That's Gordon Bombay's team. When he was playing his minor pro, Bowen. That's a good one. Uh, John McDonald goes Syracuse Bulldogs. Don't know. Uh, Brady Brady, another one for that from from Tino. They never lose. Quickie Mart Cougars. That sounds like something off The Simpsons, Quickie Mart. I don't know. Lynette, let us know. Where's that team off of? Because I can't think of it. Brett Snyder goes with South Park when the Detroit Red Wings just absolutely slaughter the kids. That's hilarious. That's a funny one. Grant Mill, Toronto Maple Leafs, no question. Uh, Scott Carson says Tractor Chelyabinsk. Uh, that's a KHL team. Miami Screaming Eagles. Minnesota State Screaming Eagles. I don't know. Is that the Screech Owls? Kind of seems like something. Uh, the Springfield Isotopes. Yeah, another Simpsons one there coming from McQuiggan. <laughs> Dapper Dawn, the Rain City Bitch Pigeons. I don't think they were actually a team. That is funny, though. Christopher Jones, like in Charlestown. Michael Mass, Mystery Alaska. Bowen going with the Seattle Simeons. That's MVP. Oh, my goodness. There's so many, guys. We're running out of time here. I would love to touch base on all of those answers. There is hilarious ones. Keep, keep the conversation going. Hit us up on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. Alrighty, that was a great show. Huge thanks again, Adam Urban Chow. We broke down the mock draft. Uh, podcast is going to be up on iTunes this afternoon. Eddie Lack, once again, for coming on the show. Absolute beauty, legend. You know, just, just one of the good guys in the game. I get it. Obviously, he would have loved to have a career like Henrik Lundqvist. Doesn't work out like that for so many. He makes the most of it. He's an absolute beauty. Makes the time for the guys like us, World Hockey Report. Can't thank him enough for coming on. Probably a reoccurring guest. I'd love to pick his brain on a few more things. But hey, we got to touch on the gear and all that. I'm sure. Listen back to it. Hey, replay is going to be 12OunceSportsRadio.com as well. Huge thanks, Zingo TV Channel 761. Getting the program on air as always. That's going to do it. We're going to be back here on Friday for free agent frenzy. A lot more coming up, though. You got the JD Sports Show. That's on 12 Ounce Sports here right after me. The Kiel Show, Tyler Keel, Alex, those beauties coming up later today. I guarantee you they're going to have some NHL draft talk. You don't want to miss it. Thanks again, everyone, back here on Friday. Be kind, be better. (laughs) 